Hey everybody, um, we got a full episode for you today, lots of fun stuff in there, so make sure you take a listen, we pick every game, but we also go through some recent uh, auction sales and the thoughts on those, um, you know, last night was a huge night, and the last couple nights we've had some really big Michael Jordan sales, Charizard sales, Giannis sales, Jackie Robinson, we, we kind of we kind of talk about a lot of that stuff, what it means for the market and stuff, so uh, that's in there in this episode, we'll take a listen, but just so you have it <clears throat> right here up front for you, I want to run through the picks in case you're uh, running up against some time. Um, let's run through the games here. I'll try to do them in, in time order. <clears throat> I get the Titans minus seven. We get the Cowboys minus three. We have the Giants plus two and a half. We have the Texans minus one and a half. We have the Panthers minus three and a half. We have the Vikings plus seven. We have the Chiefs minus seven. We have the Colts minus three. Give me the Jets and 15 points. That's a lot of points. I know it's the Jets, but the Seahawks haven't really been beating anybody by that much. Uh, Jets plus 15. We got the Packers minus 8. Give me the Falcons plus 1. The Saints minus 8.5. Washington, Alex Smith plus 2.5 at the 49ers. Give me, the, give me that storybook ending for Alex Smith's Disney movie. Uh, coming to uh, Disney Plus sometime soon. And give me Buffalo minus two and a half at home, giving Pittsburgh their second straight loss. Just wanted to give you those picks straight up front here in case you're uh, running against any kind of a time crunch before listening to this one. We hope you listened to the whole episode. It was a fun one today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's play a little game here, Luke the Nation. Let's first welcome you guys back to a Sunday morning special. Uh, one of the favorite segments you guys have of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronzo Mai. And we're going to get right into our NFL preview in just a second. But I want to play a little bit of a game of uh, overpriced, underpriced, okay? Nice. I want to start with the Jordan PMG that sold last night. So, guys, if you don't know, there were a ton of auctions last night of what we call holy grails in the hobby. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of interesting sales that happened last night. Very high prices, and I want to hear Cage's take on it. Okay, Cage, yeah. you ready? Yeah, I definitely am. So, so the 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 PMG, if that's the one we're going to start with, yep. I will never say it's overpriced ever. Nine hundred fifteen k for the PMG Jordan Green. Yep, not almost a million dollars to the PMG Jordan Green. So, you know what's interesting, right? It's not a rookie card. It's not an autograph card. It doesn't check one of the two major buckets for cards that are in that stratosphere, right? It's, um, you know, normally you see somebody's rookie card or normally you see somebody's, you know, on-card autograph limited or, uh, you know, an RPA, something like that. It's going to be, you know, floating in that range. But to anybody who knows anything about the PMGs, there's only 10 of that green. The first 10 are the green ones. The rest of them are red. Um condition is basically irrelevant <laughs> it's one of those cards where you know you get it slabbed as authentic because everybody just knows that the edges are going to be chipped um jordan inserts have become their own um you know basically auction category you know so you now have to have room for a third one it's rookies it's uh rpas and then it's jordan inserts and this Let is the moment you. yeah sure jordan logo man autograph or a Jordan PMG, just assuming they're right around the same price. 
Um, at the, I mean, what's the logo man autograph numbered? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, Lo- I logo mans are always one of one because so, it's the logo man of the jersey that he wore that day. Listen, you always want to get one that's a one of one, right? So if it's a logo man auto, I go with the one of one. Um, if it's a, you know, what we're what we're seeing in the market now, this is going to apply to basically any question you ask me today of these high okay. priced cards. There are enough people coming into the market now with money that the prices we saw last night could all fall bigly, to use a, a new word of the 2020 lexicon, um, you know, in, in the next time that they come up for auction, if they ever come up. And that's the big thing, right? When you're talking about one of ones or cards that are limited to 10 that you know half of are in collections and vaults where they're never going to materialize again. What happens is when a card like that comes up for auction, all you need are a couple of big wallets to go after it. I mean, I was in a group chat last night while Giannis was being sold and people were, you know, spreading rumors that the, uh, that Giannis was the one bidding on his Giannis on the, on the card, you know, which, you know, he posts pictures of his cards and all of a sudden, and when you think, you know, if it is, if it's Giannis, does 900,000 or a million or a million too, does, you know, is that really that big of a deal? And then you think, while Giannis obviously might want his own one-on-one rookie card, there are many, many people out there interested in this hobby, even as an investment, who have way more money than Giannis does. Now, when I was collecting, you know, years back, um, Ken Kendrick, the, uh, the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I mention all the time, he's a big money guy. He has a lot of cards, but now there are multiples of him out there using mm-hmm. this as an alternate, an alternate investment strategy. So does it surprise me that $900,000 for that? No, it just takes two people. Um, I know somebody I who's it. bidding on it. I know somebody who's bidding on other cards last night who has a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like there are. There you, you, know, there there you guys have it. Cage, Cage doesn't give um, a <laughs> succinct answers to these. Uh, but it's okay. That's okay. There's a lot of value there. Giannis overpriced, underpriced, nine hundred fifty k for his black one one, black yeah, mosaic. Again, not not overpriced. I mean, for a while that thing was not moving. It was sitting at you know two three hundred thousand dollars, and then all of a sudden last night it just really just kept jumping. And the reason for that is it just takes two, right? It just takes two to tango. And uh, you know, if you got two people who want to be the people who are able to say they bought that card, whether it's for an investment fund. Or you know to hold it up and flex on 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 Instagram or whatever whatever it may be you know the card is worth what two people are willing to bid it up to and that that's not the game cage the rules of the game are underpriced overpriced so what I'm asking so, is Giannis who hasn't won a championship who really has achieved very little to be the second most expensive or something like that in the top five most expensive cards in history yep. for modern. Overpriced, underpriced. So, um, if I'm giving a, a rapid fire answer and the numbers are the same, I'd rather have the Jordan PMG than the Giannis. So, I would say the Giannis is overpriced, but I do want to give value to our guys. So, I know you yep. don't like me being succinct, but here's the, the overall thing, right? I love it. I love it. I, you're long winded. You add a ton of value. This I'm just, is I'm just pushing your buttons. It's good for our, our listeners. And they should hear this. And it's a great thing you're doing here with the, with this question because probably people just tuned in for the NFL stuff. And, you know, I hope some of our card people are listening to this. I worry 
because I have money in cards and I have a lot of money in cards and I worry about the long-term sustainability of, of our hobby and I worry about whether or not this is a bubble and whether or not it's going to burst and I worry about it with my collection of Tatis rookie cards that are worth 125 or 150 or $200 and I worry about it with my, you know, my base prism PSA 10s that are worth a couple hundred bucks. Well, think about it. As Andrew told you many, many times, there's different money in what we're collecting. There's different money in what we're investing in. There's the retail investor like myself, and then there's the institutional investor. There's the people who come in with big money. You're BlackRock who buy chunks of a company in their stock. Um, what you're seeing with these auctions where the big money is coming in and spending and, and you know basically laying down a million dollars on one card what you're seeing is that's the backbone of the market. You know, that's what really makes that stock ticker go across the bottom of the screen on, you know, um, on the Bloomberg channel or whatever, Fox business, whatever you watch. Um, it's not that retail investor is not the person on Robinhood, but for those of you out there on Robinhood, you should feel confident in what you're doing in this hobby, in this as an alternate investment strategy, because, Obviously, there are people out there, those institutional people who are putting a lot of money into this, and they don't think this is a bubble. So that's what I that's think right. I see and, these prices. And there's a, there's a level of competitiveness amongst those um, millionaires and billionaires. You know, they see Patrick Bet David, he just bought a oh, two Wayne Gretzky card, sold them for, you know, uh, 200% profit or something like that. And the other guys who know Patrick Bet David, who have his money, are like, hey, I could do that. And the same thing with those Arizona Diamondbacks uh, owner. Now, two cards that are near and dear to your heart. You want to start with the Charizard PSA 10 first edition? So that card's overpriced because I want it to come down in price (laughs) because I can get one. That closed at 350, a little bit over 350K, right? Yep, closed at 350. So um, that one more than any other one because you get to see the bidding on it. That one more than any other one, I think, is overpriced. And here's why. With eBay auctions, unlike those auction house ones, you can kind of see who's bidding and who's competing and whatnot. In that particular auction, well, the last one sold for 290, one for that sold for 270. So you expect if you know if it was gonna continue its climb up, you'd have a stair step, maybe, you know, maybe it ended around three, three oh five, three oh six. And what you'll notice if you look at that is yesterday at about the 25 hour left in the auction mark, the, the bid was 304, 305, and somebody came in and put a 350 bid in, $350,000. And then the winning bidder put a bid in to top that, exposing that $350,000 bid. There were no bids between 305 and 350. That's odd. Normally, an auction like this, you don't see that type of bidding activity, right? And it's different on eBay than it is on, um, on you know, any of these other auction houses, right? Um, and you're able to see this. You're able to see, even though you don't see the, you know, who the bidder is, you're able to see, um, you know, what happened with this. So really what that shows you now is, and obviously this is a fallacy. People come in, people miss auctions. I happened to miss an auction last night myself because I was busy, um, which is annoying. But in any event. Um, he was watching the office with the family. I was, I was watching the office. Let's call it spade a spade. I was, I was watching the office with the family. I texted Andrew. The big, the big, the big question. Yeah. what episode and what season if it's the early uh, episodes we'll forgive you no it's the no, late so ones with andy bernard 
So we've, and I'll get back to the point on the card in a second. We've watched the entire thing. So we are like three episodes away from finishing the whole show, like in sequential order. So we are in the later stages, but it's episodes I never watched. So we're kind of coming to the end now. Um, but it's getting good because it's like, you know, they're, they're, it's going to get aired. So everybody's scrambling going, wait, you heard what? You know, so that's, it's, it was pretty, that was the, the last episode we watched was, you know, them them realizing that everything they've done for the last decade is now going to be aired to the world. So it's, it was pretty funny stuff. But in any event, yes, I missed an auction last night. But, you know, what that shows me, you know, again, a fallacy is now that that winning bidder who won it for 351 is out, you would think that the next time this goes, that guy who put the 350 in who lost, assuming that's a real bid and not somebody, you know, bumping the thing up, um, that person would only have to pay 305 for it. Now, that's not the way things work, right? Because you would think based on last auction that, you know, the, the guy who was willing to pay 296 is gone, so the next highest bidder is going to get, it just, it usually doesn't work like that, but it's odd to see that type of a jump a day early. It usually, it means something silly is going on with the auction, um, I know the person who, who uh, consigned that set. Um, he's from New York also, um, so I'll talk to him. What was the most interesting about that, that auction was there were bargains. I hope you listened to yesterday's episode. There were some real bargains on the PSA 10s and the PSA 9s that ended last night just because, like I said, the glut of the supply that's been you know, put in the market. Um, the set itself, so, so PSA Let's contextualize that real quick. So, Lucanation, what happened? The Charizard actually appreciated in price. It went from two ninety two to three fifty. But the other PSA ten first edition cards, the Magnetron, the I don't think Pidgeotto was included in it. But <laughs> no, one missing the, card. Yep, that was the one missing card. But like the lower end, I guess first edition hollows actually sold for significantly less than their pre- previous auctions. Correct. Yeah, and Magneton was a pain one because that was one of the last ones that I was chasing, probably. So, so you know how I talk about this, guys. And I'm gonna really, you know, you'll get some real good value here in the NFL episode. But you get some real good value here. You know, I always preach: it just takes one person, it just takes one bidding war to make a price go up. So last month, Magneton, just the regular Magneton Hollow, sold for seventeen thousand dollars, almost eighteen thousand dollars, right? And I was bidding on it and didn't win. So I was the one pushing the winning bidder up because it makes someone paid eighteen thousand dollars for the Magneton last month. This month it sold for eight. Last night it sold for eight because I wasn't bidding because I already got one after missing out on the last auction. And look at the big balls on Brad here. He moves so, but, markets, guys. I don't know if you're hearing this. You know, but he bids on Magnetron at seventeen k. When he does it, it's eight k. He's the only one going after these cards. But think about it, me. And the person who won last month's auction were out. So the top two bidders were out on the card. You take the top two off and look what happens. Now, that's, that's actually a slightly scary thing, right? Because what it shows you is what you always talk about, the liquidity of these cards, you know, the real price on these cards. The, the, you know, you, you, you talk about having, what is it, um, certainty in value and liquidity provides certainty, right? And something like this that has such illiquidity or lack of liquidity, it's it's uncertain. But it also, but it yeah. also has a lack of demand as well, right? So for Luca-based prisms, there's a ton of supply, but there's a ton of demand. So if a few buyers fall out because they purchased cards in the last few weeks, there's other buyers that fill in. With yep. this Magnetron, there's what, three, four, seven people in the whole USA. I'm just estimating having some fun yeah. here that really want this card. So if they're not available on a Saturday night when this auction closes, 
they're getting close for pennies on a dollar relative to some previous sales. Yeah, especially because right now there are only a few people trying to build the set and there's just been a glut on the market. So it's kind of what's to be expected. That said, you know, here I would I would say that the person who listed the set was making a mistake because now they're listing the same cards over and over again. But overall, the set wound up selling for about $10,000 more than it sold for last month because the Zard alone carried it being $55,000 more. The rest of the set actually went down $40,000, which is, you know, it's an interesting thing. All right. Well, let's keep moving. Um, guys, you're getting a wealth of knowledge. I wanted to add this into the beginning of the segment. So uh, feel free to fast forward this section if you're just looking for the NFL plays. I am excited to bring you those with Cage here in just a few seconds. Let's go last two cards. Let's go to Jordan PSA 10 Fleer, which was trading at 40000 at the beginning of this year or something around there. Shot up to 120, dropped back down to 80, and just closed over 200K. And that's, you know, the pinnacle of the hobby, so to speak, for a lot of people. What do you think about that card, Cage? I love it. Um, do I think it's slightly overpriced? We talk about the Jordan a lot. Right. We talk about that Jordan card a lot because it's just one of those easy ones to track. It's, you know, it's one of those pinnacle cards, one of those go grail cards, but there's enough of them out there, just over 300 of them, that you have, you know, a sales record. It's yep. not a card that's, you know, uh, once a year it gets sold and you never know what it's going to come up for. So because of that, you're never really supposed to see these couple of hundred thousand dollar jumps. But we talk about this all the time, man. There is a price increase. And then the supply comes out. And when the supply comes out, the price takes a little bit of a step back. Then that supply dries up and the price goes up. So so we saw it when the card jumped um, in the beginning of the year. I think the golden auction, just like this one, was the one that set the record. I think it was like $116,000. And then all of a sudden, PWCC had a bunch and every auction had one of these. And there were you know four or five available. Right. And you started to see it trickle back down under 100 into the 80s even. And then people bought them up because now you were able to buy a card that previously sold for 116 for 80, a nice haircut, 20% off. Um, and then it took a leg up and then you saw it sell for 125, 130. Um, and then now this year, there weren't that many of them available on eBay. None. I know people who are looking for them, but couldn't find them. So, so this price increase does not surprise me because the people who bought them in the 80s, the 100, 125, they're putting them in their vaults. They're not listing them for sale. You know, when you buy it and you spend that money on a card, you're not looking to quick flip it for five grand, right? But then you see one sell for 150, 150 and change, 160. And golden auctions now lists one and it sells for 200. Now here's the question. The question becomes, will enough people wake up this weekend or this coming week and see the 200 and say, wow, I bought mine for 80. I wasn't willing to go to my vault and take it out and sell it for 100 or 110. But now that it's 200, can I make it easy 100% on this over a year? You know, that's that's life-changing money for many, many people. You know, can I can I take this now and, and sell it and make $100,000? If enough people come out of the woodwork and respond to Ken Golden's tweets saying that he's the reason why the card went that way. Not, not the fact that Michael Jordan's the greatest player on earth and it's become just a, an iconic card and, and there are more than 300 people on earth who need to have that card. It's, it's Ken Golden, the auction manager, who tweets that it's his him appearing and talking the card up and getting record prices. Um, someone should buy him a drink. Um, 
But if enough people come out of the woodwork and I say... Saw, I saw that on his Instagram, too. I wasn't sure exactly what he meant by that, but it, it was a cool strategy. Listen, there are a lot of open houses. He's trying to differentiate himself. He wants to make sure the next person who sells a Jordan goes to him instead of Heritage or whatever, or whatever it is. So he's got to do what he's got to do. You know, it's like breakers, you know? I mean, yeah, that see Blaise guy comes out and he's just really, really, uh, you know, animated. He's got this, like, way about him, you know, where he goes out and, you know... A, a, I'm making a joke and it's going to fall flat. So um, <laughs> I want to get to the NFL stuff. So, so, um, you know, I don't but, watch these guys, Cage. I, I stay know. in my own head. I stay I in my own head. I don't, but, I don't like so, all that, that chest pounding that's going on right now. Yeah. So, but um, I guess my, 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 my point there, there is if enough people come out of the woodwork and try to list that card and five or six or seven of them become available, you're likely going to see a step back in the prices. But the step back in the prices will be the new floor. Yep. You know, you, it's not going to go back down to where it was. You know, it, it, it sells for 150, 160, and then 206 last night with the bidder, with the buyer's premium, right? So maybe if enough people come out of the woodwork and sell it, it'll sell for, um, you know, 180 or 175, and then start to climb from there. I think what's more likely is you brought up Charizard and that Jordan back to back. Those used to run in parallel lines. I mean, they were like both thirty, forty thousand dollar cards a year last summer, you know, a year and a half ago. Uh, Zard was a little bit more. There's a, there's less pop of the Zard than the Jordan, but I'm not surprised to see the Jordan take a huge jump up like that. The way that Zard has, they're yeah. kind of similar cards, you know. Okay, well, let's get into it. So, oh, and the Jackie Robinson Leaf PSA eight, which was a huge jump from the previous sale, sold yeah. for four hundred and sixty thousand dollars. The Jackie Robinson Leaf rookie card in a PSA 8. Any words on that? Because cages, you know, not a lot of people are investing in vintage baseball anymore. There still are some, but it's a really small circle. And I think cages in that circle. So what do you think about that sale? It's a big jump. So that card is more about um, socioeconomics and the climate of our world than it is about the card itself. So, forty. We need, to get, we need to get Cage teaching at NYU or something like that, man. This guy, well, I mean, be a great professor. Thank you, I appreciate that. But think about it for a second, right? Um, this week, Disney came out and said that they are not going to recast T'Challa. And I'm like, okay, well, Black Panther was a huge movie for them. You know, why wouldn't they want to do a Black Panther two? And I continue to read a little bit more, and they are going to do a Black Panther two, but. Black Panther is going to be somebody else. It's not, they're not going to just recast another T'Challa character, the Chadwick Boseman character. And he played um, Jackie Robinson also. That's why I make that connection, right? So I was talking to somebody last night um, about this. And, you know, what he told me was there's a Mickey Mantle PSA 8 that just sold for $400,000. And the pop on Robinson 8 and above, and the pop on Mickey Mantle 8 and above are about the same. So uh, you can make a, a real comparison to Jackie Robinson Leaf 8 and Mickey Mantle PSA 8 52 tops, right? You can make that a legitimate comparison. And he was kind of weighing the two. And this person who I was chatting with said, you know, no one's teaching Mickey Mantle in school today, but in school they're talking about Jackie Robinson. And I told him it's less about the school. You know, it's more about um, the the segment of people who have the money to buy this stuff. You're talking about athletes. You're talking about 
um, you know, Hollywood. You're talking about that type of money coming in and, you know, the, 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 the sports world. Um, the Jackie Robinson is more of a fit than even Mickey Mantle. And of course, there are counterparts to this. The, you know, I, I mentioned and that my kids know what, if you close your eyes, my, my, my son can picture an iconic 52 Mantle card. But if I told him, picture what the 48 Leaf Robinson looks like, no one has any idea. It's, it has not yet attained that iconic status. It's a weird looking colored card, um, you know, yellow and red kind of deal, right? Um, but the fact that we're having that conversation alone justifies the price tag. The fact that right. that card has, you know, become part of the, you know, part of the conversation of what should I buy? A, a PSA 8? mantle or a psa8 jackie robinson hmm you know i happen to love the 48 leaf i love the colors on the card you know i'm a fan of like the the satchel page that's in there yep um they're pretty rare but there have been like 1100 of the jackie robinson's graded but it's a pretty card like i said it has great colors on it um as opposed to like the bowman card that's out there um but yeah i it doesn't surprise me at all i what i what i am anxious to see and excited to see is when the next PSA 9 becomes available. It's only like, I think, six of those. I mean, that's obviously a multi-million dollar card. Wow. It's just crazy to think. Crazy that PSA 9s are now multi-million dollar cards. Now, we have a treat for us today, guys. We don't get this a lot, but Mr. Goodell, he did us a favor, I guess. Seven <laughs> 1 o'clock games, six 4 o'clock games, and a night game. That's beautiful. That's a split you don't see very often. Oh. No. So, Cage, which one sticks out to you? There are a few that stick out to me. There are a couple that I, I kind of want to watch, right? I kind of want to watch. Um, I How about this? The Chiefs game is the one that I want to watch the most. Lucky for us, it happens Tua! to be a 1 o'clock game, right? <laughs> Two with uh, three yard passes. Let's go. Yeah, well, so what, and we talked about that last week, right? Um, it's it's Tua, and I'm not, I'm not that impressed with Tua. I got to tell you, I'm just not that impressed with, with, with Tua. And I said it last week. Um, I said that uh, you bite he, your tongue. he doesn't look like a guy who's a world beater. You know what I mean? He just doesn't look like, I mean, with all the hype that he has, he doesn't look like a guy who's, who's a traditional quarterback, I guess, you know, and he also doesn't look like a guy who's, I, I said it last week, right? He doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the cannon of the arm. I don't think to stand in the pocket and throw the ball around the field. But also, he doesn't have like that scramble ability of a of a Kyler or a Deshaun Watson and those guys. I think he's he's good at both, but not great at either. Um, so I mean, it's interesting, right? So, but what I mentioned about the Chiefs last week when we went against them, and we were right to go against the Chiefs last week, um, was that as dominant as they were in the beginning of the season, I thought they were kind of in like LeBron mode. You know, they were in like kind of coasting mode. They were winning these games, but winning them close. Right. And they, they did it again last week. Right. They had, you know, a nice Kelsey catch and a, you know, a Harrison Bucker field goal. But what does that tell you? It tells you that Kansas City is basically like playing with these teams. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're going at like 60%. Right. Um, and I, listen, I love the Dolphins. Um, I think they've looked good. They look better than I thought they would look and they deserve a lot of respect. But to come in as a touchdown underdog to the Chiefs, who I think are just at in home. a different. Yeah. They're, but they're, the Chiefs are just in a different they're just in a different category. Right. And I think now we're close enough. I mean, it's December. We're close enough to the playoff run where I think the chiefs, I'm not going to say that they're going to 
going to, you know, kick it in and play, you know, huge games for the rest of the way. But they're so far head and shoulders ahead that, um, you know, they they have stuff to play for. They're going to start getting into playoff mode and throw this one out there. I'll tie it into another game. We'll pick this later. But the Steelers, going into last week, people were talking about the Steelers being an undefeated team for the year, right? And the Chiefs were not, right? The Chiefs have a loss. Now the Steelers, we'll get to them later, they're an underdog on the road today. And the Chiefs have one loss. So the Chiefs, they should be looking for home field advantage now through, uh, you know, through the playoffs. They should be now actually, you know, it's the first week for it. I know home field doesn't mean as much in this season, but, you know, it does. Well, I mean, everyone wants home field. It's just easier said than done when you have to play 16 games. Something I'm looking out for is the Dolphins lead the league in turnovers on defense. And I think they've had one every single game the last five or six games. And they have this cornerback who's just – he's leading the league in interceptions. And I love when that happens, Cage. Kind of a um, – You're talking about Xavier unstop- Howard, right? Yep. Xavier an unstoppable Howard. force meets an immovable object. I'm really excited to see how that Chiefs offense deals with that Dolphins defense who is extremely active and really good. And yeah. then on the um, other side, the Chiefs defense is kind of poor. So can Tua move the ball against the – mediocre bottom of the bottom of the barrel kind of passing defense. But what I've noticed with the Chiefs, right? What I've noticed is they're susceptible to teams who uh, chew up the clock. The Raiders, the Raiders had that plan against them, right? Which is, you know, the way to try to play against Mahomes is to keep him on the sidelines. You know, don't let him go out there and just, you know, you know, dominate time yeah. possession and don't let him have so many yeah. possessions, right? So I think Miami should be good at that. The kid Gaskin that they got back, who I talked about earlier in the year, he's good. He's a good running back. Um, you know, and they should play a like a clock chewing type of game. Um, there's a reason why this is not a 13 point or 15 point or traditional, you know, Chiefs spread. You know, what were they favored by 21 against the Jets? I mean, obviously the Jets and the Dolphins are not the same team, but when they play each other, the spread's pretty close. Divisional rival, but to me. The Chiefs should beat anyone. They've looked. They've looked like similar teams in past years. Yeah, yeah. So, but to me, the Chiefs should be at least a touchdown favorite against anybody in the in the league. And uh, you know, unfortunately, what I see with Miami is there's only one method for them to keep it within a one score game, and that's a grindy, slow game where they just keep it close. That's kind of the game Kansas City's been 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 forced to play the last couple of weeks. But if Kansas City happens to jump out. And lead. They get the ball first, jump out to seven nothing. They turn the Dolphins over, or they're straight out. It's fourteen nothing. I just think it's all she wrote for the Dolphins. I don't think yep. that team is built to play from behind and and score in bunches. Um, so there's just too many ways for the Chiefs to cover this one by seven, and not not enough ways unless the Dolphins play a perfect game for the Dolphins to keep it within one score. That's my take on it. But I, I do want to see it because I mean, talk about Mahomes Tua. I mean, that could be like you know that for for the hobby. What's better than that? Yeah. I'm excited. And I, I think this is a fun game where you could tease up and tease down. Hmm. And you give yourself 13 points. Because I see this as a field goal game. I think the Dolphins have been good. They've been playing teams really, really, really tight. Um, I think you could tease it, tease the Dolphins to 13, even 14. And you could tease the Chiefs to basically a pick. And then you have a 14-point middle, which is uh, which is awesome with the home dog. I love it. But you're picking the Chiefs. 
Minus yeah, that I'm picking the Chiefs. And I, I actually like that because if it was a two-score game, I don't know whether or not I'd be so heavy on the Chiefs, although I could see them winning by two scores. Um, and pick them clearly on the Chiefs. Let's go. Um, are you going to tease both both ends of the game? Are you going to do I've a done teaser? That. I've done say, that before. <laughs> that, that depends on people's like risk threshold, but I really, really enjoy it. Um, and then you could add like a 4 p.m. game to it. So basically you get to see how it plays out and then – you have a 4 p.m. game closing the both sides of the teaser. So I've done it before. I like it. It gives you a big, big middle. Um, but it's a strategy that I recommend you doing a little bit of thoughtful research on before going and jumping into it. Okay, let's keep rocking. So you got Chiefs minus seven. So listen, we got Chiefs minus seven. I'm going to jump right over to, you know, right, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you the games that I want to watch. And we already alluded to this one. I am really excited to watch what will be the 8 o'clock game. That is your uh, – your Steelers against Buffalo. I know I'll start yeah. to go back in order, but we already mentioned this one. And I mean, talk about the wheels coming off of Pittsburgh, right? I mean, last week people were talking about them potentially being undefeated and then they lose to, uh, to Washington. And, and nobody was really that surprised by the Washington win. Alex Smith, a good, you know, you know, a field general, um, you know, it's interesting. Right. And um, with Buffalo just beat San Francisco. Um, and Josh Allen, you know, beginning of the year was in the MVP talk. Um, he's probably back in that MVP talk. You know, Buffalo is nine and three. They're at home. And the biggest reason why I will be picking Buffalo minus two and a half in this game is because of the injuries on the Steelers defense, right? Um, they've looked a little weak on offense. You know, that short passing game, not going to win it for you every time. The Buffalo defense is really, really good. Um, haven't really seen the Steelers pick up chunks of yardage. Um, and their defense just has too many injuries to keep up with, with Buffalo. I think it's a big game for Josh Allen shows you that the bills are, are, are in that upper echelon. They're going to take a, you know, full hold of the, uh, the AFC East today and go bills minus two and a half on that one. You back there. All right. So next game, I'll go back to a one real o'clock quick, game. Real quick, yeah, real quick. Ahead, please. You know who Alex Smith is playing against this week? Yeah, Washington. I, I don't want to say the, the Washington 40, 49ers team is playing against the 49ers. Yeah, he's playing against his So team. how cool is this, guys? And and I talked to this you guys about this a little bit last week. But comes back, third-string quarterback. Comes back from what may be one of the worst injuries we've ever seen. Beats the undefeated Steelers. And now who do we get? We get comeback tour. Cage? Yeah. Now he plays his whole team. How cool is this? You got to admit, so, this Alex Smith tour is pretty awesome. I could just go right into that game if you want. I mean, that, that game, I mean, you know, because we haven't you think I was one. T- You think I was teeing you up for no reason? You think I was just talking? No, I mean, I, I normally think you like to go to the 1 o'clock games and the whole deal. But I do the games I like to watch. This one here, you, we talked about You jumped about this. to the 8 p.m. game. You went from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. So all, yeah. all, rules, are, all rules are out. But if you listen to our, our episode, our weekly preview episode, you'll, the last couple of weeks you'll notice that I kind of gave my three games to watch. This wasn't on there, but but you you have corrected my error. This should be a game to watch because I've talked about Alex Smith the last three weeks and said the same thing, and I'll do it for the fourth week in a row now. The guy, he's not going to win a Super Bowl this year, but he's going to win a Disney movie, all right? Yep. So he's he, he's basically writing out the script now for his you know after-school special. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the deal, right? I mean, talk about a feel-good story, like you said. And here is the Super Bowl of that movie. You know, Major League, people forget. They, they didn't win the World Series. 
you know, they just won a wild card game. You know, they just won, they just won the tiebreaker. You know, they never actually got to the, and they still had a nice movie about it, right? You know, um, you know, Moneyball. That team didn't win the World Series, but they made it look like they did because yep. they had a, a crazy streak during the year, right? Um, this and will don't be, be fooled, Super Bowl. guys. Don't be fooled, guys. They're not out of the playoff contention either. That's right. That's right. So, so but, but so know, it's it's interesting. It's getting interesting here, Cage. So both of the teams in this game are five and seven, right? But both of the teams seem to be going in exactly the opposite directions. If there can be a good five and seven and a bad five and seven, this is kind of, you know, where we're, where we're looking. Right. So um, I don't know. Listen, the, uh, the 49ers, where's this game? Being, is this the game that's being played in Arizona? Right. Yep. Is playing a game yep. in Arizona? California isn't very safe right now. There's COVID restrictions and they've closed the stadium. So they've decided that in Arizona, these games are much more safe for the, for the players. So. So listen, it's a nice play uh, to come into because we just talked about Buffalo and, um, you know, the 49ers look really bad against them. Their offense looked really bad. And then you had the, the Washington team that's rounding into form, right? They're, uh, they got the rookie running back. Um, mm-hmm. Was that Gibson? Is that his name? Um, yep. Who, who's looking really, really good, you know, starting to really round into form. Uh, I think he plays a big role in today's game. The Niners are not at home at home, even though it's a home game for them. And yet the, uh, Washington, it was a three. I'd love it better if it was three, but, you know, a plus two and a half. This is a game where um, I'd go Washington money line on this one. I think Washington wins the game. Forget about getting the points, you know, they're, uh, they're plus two and a half. But I think Washington actually wins the game outright. What say you, sir? This was a game you wanted to talk about. Yeah. You're on the 49ers. You think the, yeah, um, you think I'm, I'm the, on the, Redskins. the feel-good you- story of Alex Smith comes to an end? You're on the Redskins with me? I like it. Wonderful. So we go to the uh, Alex Smith train. Alex Smith train. Let's go. Let's get it. So we go. We go from Alex Smith, one of the you know the finest quarterbacks to ever play the game, to one of the bigger quarterback disappointments to ever play to ever put a helmet on, and that is uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, So we have the Vikings at Tampa Bay today. Um, Line on this one is Bucks minus seven. And, uh, you know, far be it for me to go, you know, all chalk on this one. Cage, Can you I... said that the, the Patriots are the biggest Gemini team, hot and cold, in the league. Are the Vikings yep. right right up there with them? Well, you could say both of these teams are, right? But I think that still, still it's the Patriots because even though you never know what you're going to get, from week to week, they could blow somebody out 30 to nothing or get blown out 30 to nothing. That's different. You know, these teams here, like the Vikings, they can lose. But, yes – Last week, I was high on the Vikings, and I'm like, the Vikings are going to win, and they put up a real stinker. Now, I don't think that happens today, right? I don't think that happens today. Um, Tampa Bay, they've been inconsistent. They haven't, yes, been, they, have. they haven't been horrible. They've just been inconsistent. The last two times they played, they they lost both games. What was twenty seven twenty four? I think was both of their 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 losses, right? So it's not that they are getting crushed. It's not that they're you know bad. It's you know they're in games, but they're not finding a way to win. Which, you know, that's not Tom Brady, right? I mean, here's the problem I see with the Bucks, their defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense has let them down the last couple of weeks, and uh, you think that will change off of bye <laughs> week? You would think so, right? But you know, sometimes it's the talent thing. And it also depends who your opponent is coming off a of bye week. And while I'm not telling you the Vikings are great, I'm not telling you they're consistent. The one place they don't have any real problem is that offense. 
I mean, they have offensive weapons. They're like a fantasy dream, right? Um, they're not going to have a problem scoring against the Buccaneers defense. Um, look, it's you know you want to call you don't want to call it like a must-win game for Tampa because you know they're seven and five, but a, a win today would be a big thing for them. You know, for solidifying their, their spot in the playoffs. I just think seven points is too much. You know, I think the Vikings give them a game here, and I think you know. If Tampa Bay wins, it's another one of those 27-24 type of uh, type of scores, and maybe Tampa Bay wins it in the end instead of losing it by a field goal this time. But I just don't see, um, you know, Tampa Bay putting the Vikings away by by seven. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Some here notable stats here. Some notable stats. In their last five games, the Vikings are four and one. The Bucks are two and three. Mm-hmm. But something to take note is the Vikings have the 23rd strength of schedule in the league. Bucks are sixth, so they've played some tough games, and especially of late. So something to something to note. Yeah, so you got the tough you division, got the Vikings you know, plus seven. So this one here, you, you forget about a Gemini team. I think last season the same thing happened to the Raiders. I think they finished one and five. You know, after starting the season off with like you know a surprising start, and they're they're going to wind up doing it again here. So the, the next game that I'm going to talk about here, because we're just going to do a jump around and kind of go all over the place, is the uh, the Colts, who are a three-point favorite at Las Vegas. Um, to say the Colts, this is funny, right? I would love to talk about the Colts and say, wow, they really got away with one last year. Talk about somebody who got a, last week, they got a lucky win, right? There was a fumbled snap Absolutely. that allowed them to hang on and win the game against Houston. But... Oh, is anybody really going to argue that the Colts got the biggest gift of a win when the Raiders were basically handed a Hail Mary by the Jets who were looking for the number one pick? So, I mean, talk about two teams that come into one going, whew, you got an eight and four Colts and a seven and five Raiders, mm-hmm. both teams who are coming off of wins against inferior teams, neither of whom should have won. Um, but I guess, hey, you know what? Ben, we've, we've done, I think, 13 or 14 of these. Yep. How many times have the Colts been either minus three, minus two, minus two and a half? I feel like that's their spread in just about every single game. Yeah, and any time that they've been more than that, they haven't covered. Yeah. So I'm going with the Colts. I think they cover the three here. It's a shame for me to say this. You know, I was on the Colts going really far on the playoffs in the beginning of the year. I was not high on the Raiders. I think I, I think I picked the Raiders to go like seven and nine this year, and they already have the seven wins. So for me to be right, they got to lose the next four. And with a team like the Raiders, it's very possible. Um, you know, I think I had maybe the maybe the Broncos as the only team that was worse in, in that division. So, I mean, look, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't think the Raiders are in the same category as the Colts. I think the injury to Josh Jacobs came at, like, the worst time possible for the Raiders. Um, and I think you're going to see the Raiders finish 8-8 eight and eight at best, which is just, I mean, look, their their defense is just not good. Um, and they shouldn't finish better than that because they need to get good draft picks and build a better defense. This is one where I, I really like this one. I think that the, the Raiders' defense is almost tailor-made for Phillip Rivers and this Colts team. I think they use the run game. Um, you know, I think you might get, from fantasy perspective, you might get two running back touchdowns here. You might get Naheem Hines catching one, and you might get Jonathan Taylor running one. So, uh you know, it's my little my little prediction fantasy pick for the day. Maybe maybe we'll see if it's right. We'll clip it later. Um, but yeah, let's go through the, the one o'clock games. Um, 
Are you surprised, by the way, for me to go against the Raiders? When I go against them, they yeah. seem to win. When I go with them, they oh. seem to lose. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's reverse. <laughs> they, they've overperformed this year based on the talent on that team. And and the Colts have a really good defense. Phillip Rivers does always lose in December. So I don't know if that weighs into your consideration at all. Yep. But I, I like to play. So how I would lean. I would lay off this game, but we don't do that because Cade yeah. talking about that one. Yeah, well, I mean, listen. This I'm not. I'm not betting this. I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm. We're giving you our analysis. We're giving betting analysis. I'm giving you a pick on every one of these games, right? And that doesn't mean that I'm. I'm. I'm lazy on it, right? If I were betting, I would bet on that game. But Andrew, he's bringing up the right point, which is there are games you stay away from. We're giving you picks of every game here. We tell you which ones we're most confident on. Um, and if I tell you at the end of my play. Maybe it's reverse psychology, and I'm picking the Colts because I want the Raiders to win. Maybe take that into account when uh, when you're deciding if that's a game you want to put your money on. Uh, if I were putting money on it, I'd put it on the Colts. But uh, that's not – the confidence level on that one is not the highest. And While, you, while the, you're hot, I want you to move to the Cardinals-Giants. And that was where I was going. That was exactly where I was going. I swear, that was my game. We're in was, sync, I was just about to we're say, sync, I, was like to say I was like, can you believe if we, if, if we were talking about this game a month ago, and you were saying it's the Cardinals against the Giants. What would the spread be? 11? You know, Cardinals here by 12? I mean, what, what, seriously, what would the spread be? And what have the Giants done to, um, to make that, that this game shouldn't be a 11-point spread? Is it Colt McCoy with his big win? You know, and I mean, like, seriously, what, 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 what is it going to be, right? Um, and yet, here's the spread, right? The spread is Cardinals minus two and a half. Giants plus two and a half. And I'm going to get you even crazier. You ready? My pick's the Giants. I pick the Giants. I pick the Giants plus two and a half. The fact that I can't pick the Cardinals to win this by a field goal, it's the weirdest thing because I, I woke up, I saw this one, and I'm like, how am I not picking the Cardinals here, right? I mean, it's Kylo Murray. He's like MVP talk. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's the greatest player to come in. He, he's going to dethrone um, Patrick Mahomes as the, you know, the hobby darling. And But look, the Giants, without – their better quarterback put a beating on the Seahawks and the Cardinals are not as good as the Seahawks. I know that's not the way it works. It's not a beats B, B beats C. So a beats C that's, I know that's not the way the NFL works. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the giants as a, as a team are, or, or, they're a better team. I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, I picked the Giants to beat the Seahawks last week. I picked the Giants to give the Buccaneers a tough run. And the thing about the Giants is they're a team that's going to keep getting better and better. I love their coach, Cage. Uh, he's a uh, – you know I love Bill Belichick, kind of the yep. Bill Belichick coaching trees. Coaching tree. He was the, the way, Patriots Joe special Judge teams coach. All over the AM radio this week in New York. Everybody praising Joe Judge. And, you know, they have to take a pause for a second and say – I'm anointing him the next big coach here in New York. And it's weird to do well, that with a five and seven coach. Seriously, that's well, what the AM talk was. Well, let's pump the brakes on that. But <laughs> I will say I'd like to catch uh, someone that's trending up early. Yep. And I think the Giants are trending up. They've gotten better game after game after game after game after game. That defense is tough. Leonard Williams is a monster. The Jets just give everybody away for whatever reason. They just don't like people, I guess. Um and I'm a Colt McCoy fan. I've loved Colt McCoy since the, the Jones, University Jones of Texas might be playing. Days. Jones might be playing. Who, who's Jones? The quarterback. Jones? No, Jones, Daniel Jones. I, I don't – I'll check that, but I doubt it. I, I don't see how you bench Colt McCoy, but that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm someone 
that just ride the hot hand. That's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nikki Foles. But here's the big thing that's not being talked about. I think Kyler's shoulder is pretty backed up. And I don't know if you guys ever played quarterback. Throwing with a beat-up shoulder is really, really tough. He's not very accurate in general. He struggles to throw over the offensive line. We've talked about that on countless episodes. And now his shoulder is beat. Man, I uh, I don't know. I think it's just you put your money on the Giants and, and you ride them until the wheels fall off. I think it's going to be a race of the Giants and the Washington football team to get to the playoffs. So I think it's interesting. So I haven't seen it from anybody, you know, with, you know, confirmation because, you know, we do this early enough to get the picks out there for you guys on the lineups. But all of the news seems to think that Daniel Jones is on it today. I mean, the, the, the news from last night, all, all the stuff that I checked said that it's likely that he starts, you know, their playoff hopes are on the line and all that fun stuff. And I think with Jones, you, you have a better chance of winning. I know Colt McCoy was a real nice Cinderella last week, but. I think, you know, with Jones, they have a better shot of actually winning this, but we're both on the same. We're both, we're both picking the giants plus two and a half, which is, you know, I mean, let's do gorgeous game to tease. It's a gorgeous game to tease. Well, you do like to tease. So um, another fun game, right? Because, you know, it shows two of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation, two first ballot uh, hall of fame quarterbacks. It's, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Uh, You're going to go Bengals Cowboys. Yeah, that's even better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's nothing like, you know, when two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, you know, take the field against one another. Um, yeah. Um, I, of course, am joking because Matthew Stafford is trash. But um, we have the Packers minus eight points against the Lions. The first thing is, you know, this jumped out at me, right, as this is a division game, right? And, um, you know, Eight points is a lot. Division games usually are decided by by one score. So I did a little a little more digging, and obviously the the, the Lions, that you know, spreads a little closer than it otherwise would be because they had that magic in that last game of an interim coach, right? A new coach comes in, they fire their old coach, and just like we predicted, new coach comes in, and all of a sudden the team gets a little bit of uh, you know nitrous, right? It's like a Fast and Furious movie, and all of a sudden they're able to hit the button and go three hundred miles an hour. Um, I don't know why that happens, but it just does. You talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, mental. Um, but the, the Bears gave that game away. They were up by two scores with, it was, I think it was 20 to 30 with like five minutes left in the fourth. Mm-hmm. So, so listen, the only thing that uh, stops the Packers from winning this game by eight points is, is if the Packers just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on it. I mean, they're favored. Their offense is great. While I think Detroit can score, and I think this game probably goes into the high 50s, and might go over on the on the on the over on this. I think that the Packers, you know, they just have too much offense. They got yep. you know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, Detroit has nobody to slow down the offense here. I think you're going to see you know multiple touchdown passes from Rodgers. I think you're going to see scores from Aaron Jones. I was just going to say I was just going to say that exact same thing. I was going to make a prediction. Go ahead. Four touchdowns for Rodgers. Four. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, if I was playing daily fantasy, he'd be my quarterback this week. Yeah, well, he's. I think he's going to have a big game. I think, you know, you, this could be one of those games where, you know, I know the over is like 54-ish or something like that, 55, depends, changes every two minutes. But um, this is a game where the Packers can score 40 points themselves. Um, so they've done it before this season. I've, I've started to bet, you know, um, the Packers over in recent weeks, and it, you know, it, it continues to come in. Remember, we did the Packers and the over recently within the same game. Um to me, that's a pretty safe bet. 
pretty much going forward. The Packers are. Hey, kind can of I ask you something? Yeah, please. So we talked. Mahomes runaway MVP, right? Mm-hmm. It, basically, in everyone's eyes. Do you know what Rogers' stats are this year? Almost as good. I mean, almost as good. I've been, but I've been saying that. I think Rogers just is just. just but, but do you think he, you think that's for someone like him, knowing his personality and his demeanor? You think that's a little annoying? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And he, he probably knows the stats, and he probably is going to go out there and say, you know what? <laughs> let me let me run these up a little bit. You know, let I mean? me run let these. Me... Let me run these up a little bit. Is exactly what I was thinking. Thirty-six so, touchdowns, Cage, four interceptions. Yeah, you know what Rogers' problem is? Um, he's broken up with too many attractive women. No, besides that, you know what his problem is? He's got a hideous mustache. No, you know what his problem is? Real problem. So that's two problems. But that's just my own little subjective problems, right? Um, it's his brother was on The Bachelor. No, he did horrible commercials for State Farm. The discount double check. No, that's not his problem either. Rogers. Um, no, the, the real problem with Rodgers, he's got Mike Trout syndrome. He's been too good for too long. You literally could give the AL MVP to Mike Trout every year if you wanted to. And, you know, you can make an argument that Rodgers is in that same category. Rodgers plays MVP caliber football every year. They could give him the they can give him the MVP every year. And, you know, so that's why no one is shocked to hear 30 and change against four. They're numbers that like no other quarterback has ever done. He just does it every year. So uh, I'd love to see him put up significantly more touchdowns than uh, yeah. than another Mahomes. another game. I would tease, by the way, tease it down. I would play it at minus eight as well. But yeah, I, I think they smash him. Okay, just keep rocking. You're so on a, you're on a one, roll right? here. Well, I mean, there are some fun games. There are a lot of fun games, and here's another one: the uh, your Eagles host the New Orleans Saints today. I know tell you've been about talking about that game. Tell me about the Eagles. Tell, what do you, tell you about the Eagles. What do I think about this? I think it's hard to build winning culture, man. I think it's easy to win one Super Bowl, as you see. I think it's really hard to build a consistent winning program, and it starts with the top, and it starts with leadership and culture. So I'm really glad they benched Wentz. Not that I'm against Wentz, the human being. I just don't think he's a very good football player. Um and I think Jalen Hurts will be an interesting start today, but I don't think much about the Eagles if you really ask me. I don't okay. think much of them. So here's the fun, right? So 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 I'm going with the Saints, and it's now minus eight and a half, although it was you know seven earlier. It's minus eight and a half. I'm going with the Saints to cover this one. But let me tell you what, what's in my brain for this one because we like to give you a hobby, we like to give you a bunch of stuff, right? So there's a couple of couple of things. Number one. I hope you guys did not go out and buy Jalen Hurts cards, hands over fist, at the run-up that was, you know, after he came in last week, right? His numbers didn't look that good last week. And he gets the Saints defense, who are number one or two in almost every defensive category over the last half of the season here. Um, so Jalen Hurts, if you happen to buy his cards last week when he came and they are going to be less after today. It's unfortunate, but I'm just going to throw that one out there. He's playing against a good defense. He's 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 a big underdog, and he's going to struggle um, against the Saints today. Um, I think he's going to be good. Is this a quarterbacks of similar styles? A little Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts action. Some guys that are kind of dual threat quarterbacks. A little mobile. I think, believe it or not, I think Hurts can throw the ball a little bit better than Taysom Hill. Um, you know, Hills. Hey, Taysom yeah. Hill just threw his first touchdown the other week. Yeah. Stop it. Hey, some hill. Talk about like uh, you know, 
it just shows you that if your team's good enough, the Tim Tebow method can work. Um, so in, in any event, right. I mean, it, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, I like Jalen hurts. I don't know whether I would have made this change. I mean, I know Wentz is there and, you know, I mean, the Eagles are not exactly completely done at three, eight and one, you know, with that division, no one's ever done, believe it or not. But I mean, I worry about what is going to happen. You throw your, your rookie quarterback out there in a game like this and first starters against the Saints, a huge underdog. And it's difficult. I guess, look, you got to rip the bandit off and see what you got in, the, in this kid. But, um, you know, we'll see. But here's the other thing. I'm surprised you didn't mention this. You're all about this when it comes to the betting lines, right? Um, is this a – I know you hate the word, but is this a trap game? And I say yes. that because do you know who – the saints play next week you don't i'm gonna tell you they're probably playing for the number one seed they are but but it's a weird game um the saints clinched the playoff by beating the falcons last week so they're already in the playoffs but in order to have them secure the first round by which they're 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 still i think they have like a 66 percent chance to do it they're gonna need drew Brees back next week because they played the Chiefs in Week 15. Talk about a nice game. Now, are they looking hmm. ahead? Are they, you know, are they going to go through the motions in this game? Does them going through the motions still give them enough to beat the Eagles by eight and a half? Um, that, and there were a lot of things that I, that went into this for me, and I know you, you know, it's one of those things I never even looked at before. Who are they playing next week? Is it a look-ahead game? Are they coming off the bye? What's going on? Coach changes. There's so much that goes into this picking stuff that I didn't even think about when we started doing this 14 weeks ago. Um, but all that on balance, I still think that the 10 and 2 Saints are just worlds better than the 3 8 and 1 Eagles. And I think they, they. I think it would be a huge mistake to ever <laughs> lay eight points with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Huh. Okay. Um, it's a lot of points for a guy. It's a lot of points for a guy who I don't want to. Who just threw his first passing touchdown? Uh, that's so I don't even points. think I don't even think he needs to pass the ball at all today. I think they can hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara. I think they can hand the ball off to uh, Michael Thomas. I think they can hand the ball off to you, and they win this game by two scores. I think the Eagles are that bad. And remember, we want to talk quarterbacks. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is starting his first. NFL game ever against a very, very good defense. I don't think Taysom Hill's going to have to throw. They could bench Taysom Hill. I think the New Orleans Saints defense might win this game by two touchdowns. I think you might get two, two pick sixes. So I have laid off every single Eagles game this entire season, and I would suggest doing the same. But I love it. I, I mean, you picked a better team, uh, so I'm with it. Yeah, I'm I with mean, it. Let's, let's go. Jalen Hurts is going to be exciting for Philly, though. Yes. Listen, I hope Jalen Hurts succeeds. I hope he's great. I hope he's a franchise quarterback for you guys. I hope he's the next Donovan McNabb. Um, so, I mean, I think Wentz is owed a lot of money, but hey, what can you do, Philly? So the next one, talk about another big a big spread here. The, the next couple of games we're going to talk about are big point spreads. You have the Titans at Jacksonville. Um, and this one is a seven-point spread touchdown here for the Titans, minus seven at the Jags. I was actually surprised by that spread. I thought that should have been closer to eight or nine. So I think it was. It's come down a little bit, which is weird, right? Um, Mike I Lennon. Mean, Mike, Mike Lennon has his fans. He's got like a little Trey Young fan base here, huh? It's funny. A couple of years back when Glennon was good for Tampa Bay, 
I remember my friends here who were Jet fans saying, we got to make a run at Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon should be the starting quarterback. And they were actually mad they didn't get him. Um, you know, the Jaguars, they have this funny little thing that, that, that they do here where, um, you know, it seems to not matter who the quarterback is, if it's Mustache Minshew or if it's Luton, the rookie, or if it's Mike Glennon. They seem to keep games close, right? And, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to pick the Jaguars here, and, and it normally is, you know, my thing. And I think I went against them last week, and I said, oh, you know, it's not Minshew. If we had Minshew, we'd be, I'd be picking them to keep it within a touchdown, a division game, the whole deal. I just I don't see it, not in this matchup. The Titans are 8-4. The Jaguars are 1-11. Tennessee is – their offense is uh, Der- Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Um, I just think that um, the Jaguars focus on that. You can have some passes. You're going to have some fun big plays here. Uh, you want to talk about baseball? Well, there's just one thing. Yeah. It's all sports. Uh, it's all sports. That's every true. single sport, like – Baseball. And now time for a special announcement from Ian's Card Network. Baseball, basketball, what? And football, there are all people with big beards. Yeah, that is that is that is definitely a trend in sports now. There are a lot of beards. Like Charlie Blackman, James Harden, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So yeah, there are big beards. Are you still asleep, pal? Are you do you dream about men with beards? <coughs> yeah. Alright, go back to bed. Very weird. I guess Santa's coming to town at some point in time because uh, we have, we have if, he, if he saw our Luca Nation Instagram Explore page, he would dream about uh, TikTok stars and uh, maybe something else. Dude, you have to stop. I don't know what you're doing on our page, man, but I, I don't know what this is. this stuff going on. I don't know what you're doing. I, I fixed it this morning. I literally went down the list and just said, not interested, not interested. No more Charlie D'Amelia. No more Addison Ray. No more. Just Did you? I mean, I had no idea it was such a thing. But what exactly is Ukrainian bachata? Because for some reason, that was all over our page's feed. I don't know what that is. I mean, does uh, is that a big thing in the Ukraine, my friend? Is is Ukrainian bachata dancing like a big thing? Is is, is your sister there? Does she know this is what you're looking at at night? Yeah, it's what from is, Nation. Just what so you is guys Ukrainian know. So- bachata? We're a sports card page. <laughs> we sp- follow all sports card accounts. But since we've started this account, our explore page on Instagram is just nonstop Instagram and TikTok stars and their fan accounts. So it's yeah. like Addison Ray, Charlie D'Amelia, and just nonstop TikTok stars and uh, just dancers. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I hit the, what I'm, I don't know what, what it's called, but I hit the magnifying glass. I hit the little clue thing, you know, because I'm going to go search for something. And I'll search. I want to search for like explore. See, I don't know, dude. It's a magnifying glass. So I hit the hit the hit the clue game, and I'm gonna type in like a search for a person's account, or I'm gonna type in like Michael Jordan. You know, do some research on Instagram, see if I find a picture. And and you know, I I, what do I get? I get people dancing. I get two people dancing next to each other, trying to copy each other, and they're doing weird things with their arms. And then for some reason, for the last couple weeks, and this is an account I share with with my co-host here. It's 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 Ukrainian bachata dancing. I don't know if he's learning or if he's just watching or a little bit of both. I have no idea, but that's what's going on. And, and I've become pretty proficient at it. I, I have to show you my Ukrainian bachata moves the next the next time we do a reel, my friend. So, so, back so there to, you guys have it. There you back guys to have the it. Men with beards and bachata. <laughs> Let's rock. So back to the task at hand. While I want to say the Jaguars can keep this close, I just don't see it. I mean, I don't, I don't see it. I think the Titans win this game pretty easy. Um, the can I give you an make... angle? 
Yeah, please. Let's hear it. If you look at the Titans' last few games, they've been really, 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 really tough. And now, back to a division game, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, it seems on paper these teams are inferior. But are they, right? It's This is a classic trap line. You would think this is a 10-point line, but the Titans are coming off and they've played – let me take a quick look at their schedule. I know they played the Ravens. Oh, they played some tough they've games. They've had a – they played some, they played the Browns last but week, which was Jacksonville, a shootout. Jacksonville almost beat Minnesota. <laughs> In overtime. Yeah. But but I'm with you. I I, I this spread to me was very funky. Um and I was leaning tight and sorry to cut you off. Keep going, kids. No, I you're hundred percent right. No, you're hundred percent right on this one. And and I have to tell you, I gave thought because of the spread. I gave thought to the Jaguars on this one. I did. Because I'm like, oh, what's going on here? You know, are people finally, you know, giving the Jaguars the respect they deserve for keeping games close? You're not going to make a living betting games by trying to pick, oh, I think they have the shot to keep it close. I mean, come on. That works every now and again. But, you know, the, the Jaguars are 1-11 for a reason. The Titans are 8-4 and four, right in the thick of the AFC playoff race. And a team that's 9-4 and four and handles their business in a game today they're supposed to win. That 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 really sets them up for you know for a nice spot in in the AFC playoffs. I just think the Titans come out today and they handle their business. Um, now talk about a team. that talk about a fun game here. The Jets at the Seahawks. And this, when it started as a thirteen and a half point spread, I was like, wow, you know that's that's a, that's a lot. Now it's fifteen. Right now, now the Jets are getting fifteen points from the Seahawks. Right, it's at Seattle. It's an interesting thing. What are you pulling on the thread on my shirt here, dude? Wow, this is fun stuff. So we got, I don't know, come on now. Uh, I read an article that said Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, is fired because of one play. Now, talk about misleading. I mean, it wasn't the one play that the Raiders had, uh, you know, that, that, that the Jets have just been terrible. They, they've just been terrible, right? I mean, they're 0-12, not one play. They haven't. They don't have one win. And are they going to go 0-16? You know how hard it is to go 0-16? That's a difficult thing. What, has it been done once? I mean, was it Tampa Bay? Detroit flirted with it basically every year of their uh, of their existence. Well, Kidge, if, if I yep. were to want to go 0-16, here's what I would do. I would hire a defensive coordinator that blitz on the final play of the game. <laughs> I would hire a Cover zero. Coach, who, coach who does some kind of – blow or something before press conferences and then i'd have them quarterback and i think they've had all three of those so they're all set they're gonna hit their goals this year well i can't wait to see it all play out when the jets get the number one pick and um you know and uh all the college players who are going to come out in the draft say they don't want to play for them (laughs) And stay in college. It's going to be crazy stuff, right? So four more games. The Jets have uh, a shot to win one game and avoid going 0-16. You know, it would have been nice to see the Jaguars win a game last week because then the Jets would have had a game of wiggle room for that uh, first pick, but it didn't happen. Um, the Jets are not getting that win today. Um, you know, the spread is crazy. And what's, what's weird the about Hawks, this one? Though. They, yeah. The Seahawks have also been up and down. Well, that's where I was going, right? And down. We said it last week, right? Um, Seattle, they win. They're eight and four, but they have, I think, including last week when we were right about it, 
something like five of their last six games have been won by a touchdown. They play to the le- the talent level of the team they're playing against. And you're telling me Seattle's up in this game late. Could they bench Russell, Russell Wilson for the fourth quarter just to rest them? Sure. Why the hell not? You know, this is, they're going to put Pete Carroll in for the fourth quarter. They could put Taysom Hill in. You know, Pete Carroll might actually be a better quarterback than him, but it's not going to matter. I, I like uh, 15 points is a lot. I did it once this year. And I picked the the Jets, right? They were getting like 21 points or something like that from, from the Chiefs and it didn't work out. I am going to uh, – I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to take the 15 points with the Jets here. That's a lot of points in the NFL. That's one of those things where, you know, a garbage touchdown goes a long way at the end. You know, the, the Seahawks could be up by 20 points and you just get one of those, you know, late sco- scores where, you know, your favorite thing in the world, you call them the backdoor cover, um, happens and, and – um, the Jets, 15 points is a lot in the NFL, right? Um, I don't want to say Seattle been struggling, um, but they've been playing poorly the last couple of weeks. You know, if they win, they find a way to win. They, they you know, they, they keep it close. They have not blown out anybody in quite some time. So this one here, NFL game, 15 points. I'm going to take it. Next game is the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. The Broncos at the Panthers. We got the the Panthers here um, minus three and a half points. Um, Interesting, right? We got a lot of this, a lot of of teams that are going against each other with similar records today. Um, You got the Broncos and Panthers both at four and eight. Weird, you know? while the Broncos eh, don't look so hot, the Panthers are interesting here. Um, it'd be a different game if Von Miller was healthy or Carolina's offense had less injuries. Um, not exactly the most exciting game, which is why even though it's a one o'clock game, we kind of left it towards the, 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 the tail end of our picks here. Um, I think the game might be fun. I'm going to go with the home team on this one. Um, you know, I think Carolina's run game does enough here to uh you know to basically you know let them run away with this one here i think they win probably by more than a touchdown so the three and a half point spread is uh is a fun one for me but this is not a game i really want to watch <laughs> you know two four and eight teams where uh you know the broncos at the panthers um but to be fair i think these are two very different for eight four and eight teams because yeah. i've watched carolina this year and Bridgewater has looked good. Uh, Robbie Anderson, their wide receivers have looked good, and the defense is solid. And is Christian McCaffrey back? Do you know? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he is. I think the spread would be a little different if it, if it was. Yeah. But um, I just think they're two di- very different four and eight teams, and I'm not. I'm not a luck believer. I don't know if you are. Luck believer, not luck. No, I I'm, in luck. I'm in my my pick on luck coming into the year was. Um, that he was going to be somebody you buy in the in the, pre, in the preseason and flip before the season even starts, right? You know, um, and yes, he he really has not he really has not done so well, right? Um, wow, Look. I'm, I'm looking at the injury news. I wonder if this changes anything. Antonio Gibson ruled out for Week 14, the Washington running back, and Christian McCaffrey's out. McCaffrey's definitely out. That's why I was looking. 
I don't know. Does that change the Cinderella story of Washington at the 49ers plus two and a half without their, uh, without their star rookie running back? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to change it here. Let's, let's stick with Washington plus two and a half. Um, all right. So, so we got the Panthers on that one. Panthers minus three and a half. Um, and we go into another game. So this, this is a fun one here. This is fun. It would have been more fun had we had Drew Brees <laughs> because, you know, just like we had that, uh, that Mahomes um, against Tua, you know, cool quarterback matchup. It would be nice to see the Saints and have Breeze against Justin Herbert. So we have one here. We have uh, the Falcons at the Chargers, a four-change um, game today. I like to say four o'clock, but I know those change, right? So um, the line on this one, this has changed considerably. Have you noticed that? Is this a game you've been looking at, uh, you know, the, the the spread changes on or no? I mean, I know sometimes you do. This one started off the week. The Chargers were getting two and a half points. I have um, been monitoring this game. And I, I wanted to play the Falcons early in the week, um, plus money, and also tease them. I, I laid off. I, I like to wait till the line and, uh, closes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you're absolutely right. It's a very interesting line. You know how I feel about Anthony Lynn. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I've told you guys I think the Falcons are a very good team, and I like their linebacker, Foy. So you guys know where I'd be leaning here. Yeah. Listen, I'm taking the Falcons here, and now I'm getting a point, which is crazy. I mean, it's just basically a money line game. But, you know, when I first started looking at this game, I'm like, all right, you know, could the Chargers keep this within a field goal? Possibly. I know, But, I mean, the Falcons, you're right. They are – just as we like to crap on the Bears and say they were the worst five and one team ever in the history of the NFL, um, you know this Falcons team is four and eight, right? Are they the best four and eight team ever? Uh, I think so. Um, just like the Chargers could be the best three and nine team, though. Those teams, by the way, their passing rankings. So it tells you how good a quarterback is. But you know, in our league here of quarterback dominance right where it's all you have to have a franchise quarterback right so you have the chargers have the fourth ranked passing offense in the nfl and the falcons have the seventh ranked passing offense of the nfl so you have two of the top seven passing offenses so you talk about good quarterbacks it's got to be by yards right and yeah yeah so that's the passing ranking exactly so um because if i were to guess three and nine four and eight come on i mean that's you know what does that do what does passing ranking do I think if you guys look at red zone offense, I've watched both of these teams a bit. They're not great at getting the ball into the end zone when they do get into the red zone. They're great at moving the ball, you know, kind of between the twenties, uh, but they haven't been great scoring. Is that right cage or you're not sure. So this year, yes. Although it's, it's hard to understand that because both teams have those fade wide receivers, right? right? Both teams have, the Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Ridley's not the fade guy. Um, you know, Julio Jones has been injured. Um, so you would think they were able to do that. But Todd Gurley's been a little banged up, and he's not what he was previously for Atlanta. He's not getting, you know, great goal line attempts. And the same thing with, um, with San Diego, Austin Eckler, who would be there, you know, their bowling bowl, their battering ram has been injured as well. So it does impact their, their, you know, their goal line formations, those packages that come in there for the red zone. That said, I think the over under on this one would be if you, if you want to have a fun way of playing an interesting game, right? 
So the over-under on this one is 49. I think this game goes over in the third quarter. I think both of these teams score a ton of points. I think it's a back-and-forth game. I think the Falcons are just a better team, which is why I'm going to pick them. But if you're in fantasy, start all four of the wide receivers I just named. You're going to have, you know, some highlight, real-worthy plays here. You're going to have some big stuff going on. You're going to have Julio Jones, if he's healthy, um, which he's not. But Julio Jones is going to make some plays. Calvin Ridley's going to make some plays. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is going to have big quarterback numbers on both sides. Um, that's, you know, that, that's, that's where I go. Right. So, um, the only, the only, you know, interesting part of this game is believe it or not, you, you normally don't get offensive line call outs, but Sam Tevy, the, uh, the tackle for, uh, for Los Angeles is out and, um, you know, Los Angeles could struggle because of that. This is a game where I say it comes down to who has the ball last. Normally, those are high-scoring games. So this game gets into the 50s. My lock of the week is uh, bet the over in this game. I think there's just going to be a whole bunch of scoring and not a lot of defense. Um, and the, off- the opposite end of that is our next game, the Texans at the Bears. Come on. Is this the game of the week? Is this the one that should be nationally televised? Or is that the Cowboys Bengals that we'll talk about next? Did I save did I save the games for the end that everybody wants I, to watch? I, I love this game. I really I like Deshaun. Man, I, I want Deshaun to win. I think you, I, I have the Texans this game, but Me too. it's not gonna be pretty. Me too. It's the the Texans minus a point and a half. But yeah, I mean, talk about two teams that are just not the most fun to watch. I, I happen to really like um, you know, I happen to really like the um Deshaun Watson. I think he's a very good quarterback. Um, <clears throat> we called it last week. We, we talked about Will, Will Fuller's suspension, but the Texans, who are four and eight, were a fumbled snap away from upsetting the Colts last week. I mean, that's that's a, you know, let's not forget that, right? I mean, it goes down as a loss, it goes down as you know, the Colts taking care of business and covering, right? But, um, also a three point spread. <laughs> can I tell you one of my fun names out there, guys? And you can take a look at this one, right? So, I don't know if it's a flash in the pan. I'll be watching today. I'm not telling you to go out and try to buy this guy's cards like crazy um, because coming into last week, he had 38 yards on the season. But how about Kiki Kute? 141 yards receiving last week. Kiki Kute. Can you get it? Come on. I'm a big fan of those names. I'm not a big fan of you and your hair today, but I'm telling you, man, we got to do like a Rocky movie. You got to do like a Rocky reenactment with the, you know, you got the quaff going down. It's also windy out there. So it's helping you out, but come on now. Right. Um, Houston against the Colts, a better team showed enough that now they're a road favorite. Um, even though Chicago has a better record, they are pretty terrible. So I'm going to give you some history now, right? Because we talked about the bears, right? We talked about the bears as were they, are they the worst five and one team, right? You know how many teams started five and one in the last hundred years? So we're talking about going from 1920 to 2019. Oh, 150. 142 teams have started the season five and one in the last hundred years of the NFL. I bet three of them didn't make the playoffs. Only four have ended up with a losing record. Four. No good. Yeah, four. The 1926 Chicago Cardinals, the 86 Falcons, who finished 7-8-1, and one, 
the 95 Rams, 7-9, and and the 2008 Buffalo Bills, 7-9. and The Bears, who were 5-1, and are now 5-7, and and they will ultimately be the worst ones of all of that group <laughs> after losing to the Texans you. today. Allen Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. A pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Montgomery at running back. Pretty decent offensive line. Is this one of those where this is literally the, the example of you can't win in the NFL without a quarterback? No. Because they have all of the pieces in place other than that. Or you have a different mm. take on this. I do. I do. I have okay. a different take. So, yes, you need a quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback in the NFL. So, that's take 1A. Take 1B is this. The NFL is <laughs> not the NBA. Okay? The NBA is a superstar game. The NBA is a, is a game where superstars win. Right? The NFL is not. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something controversial for all my we you you gave oh, me bronze no. te- bronze testicles you know whatever the name is for the LeBron lovers give me something are they Mahomies you know is the wharf yeah, the wharf is a Mahomey I mean are these Mahomey nut huggers that are out there the Mahomies Mah- right the so wharf is my Mahomey they're not gonna like this right you put Mahomes on Chicago and he's not winning the MVP okay he's not. He's not winning the MVP. Yes, he has one good weapon in Allen Robinson. You put Mahomes on half the teams in the NFL, he's not winning the MVP. You put him, it's a lot in the NFL, it's different than the NBA where there's five guys on the court and those one or two superstars can take you to a championship. You the NFL is a team game. The NFL is yep. is the 300. It's the Spartans, right? You got to operate as a team. It's not a headliner game. And you just yep. tell me Allen Robinson, who's one of the better wide receivers in the league, and Montgomery, you know, he's a decent talented running back. Their offensive line is terrible. They can't protect a quarterback. And while their defense has big names, Khalil Mack, who's one of the greatest first-quarter defensive players in the league but has no gas tank, um, they have some names, but they don't have a team, right? You need to build up a team. And NFL, you don't win with one or two names. It's not the NBA. Um, And what the Chiefs have going for them is – a lot of talent, a great offensive line, a defense that's better. They've done a good job drafting. When someone like Tyron Matthew falls in the draft and they pick him up and he becomes an all-pro defensive player, that's what helps you get to the Super Bowl. That's what lets your quarterback, who, granted, very talented quarterback, that's yeah. what lets a, a talented quarterback play MVP football, right? Kyler Murray's shoulders hurt. It's partly because of the way he plays, but partly because of the amount of times he's been sacked. Right? right, you know, I'm not going to tell football you. Football is that kind. Of, football is that kind of sport where your position relies on someone else doing their job well. Well, I mean, listen, the, the the proof is in the pudding, right? You have Ryan Tannehill, who, while he was on a Dolphins team, <clears throat> was basically the butt of everyone's jokes every Sunday morning on the preview shows. How Ryan Tannehill was terrible, 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 and you move him over to the Titans team, and people are talking about Tannehill as the MVP. Right, so he didn't all of a sudden learn how to play football. He didn't all of a sudden, you know, get bit by a spider and become radioactive and get superpowers. You know, I mean, give me a break now. He's still the same guy he was when he was playing on the Dolphins. You what know what's happened? crazy to me? Yeah, you say Tannehill was the butt of all jokes. When yep. I hear that, I think of Mark Sanchez running into his offensive lineman, <laughs> fumbling the ball. And I was on vacation in Mexico when that happened. There you go. That was like ten years ago. And the Jets are equally still bad 10 years later. What yep. a decade for those guys. I feel bad for and, those guys. And to make it a full Seinfeld episode, you're back in Mexico. 
So there you go. Bump, bump. It all runs full circle. So back to I'm this so one here, right? To you for saving the Bengals and the Cowboys for, it, that's a, the last for game, a final right? game. So, so hey, you know, since this one's a fun one, hey, bud, should we pick the Cowboys? Yeah, Dude, right. this is, against the Bengals. Cage has just single handedly <laughs> with one line lost all his entire reputation. This is how he made no, so it. Yo, buddy. One. So yeah. I have this one done, right? So, beard man, beard man. What are so we... you ready? You ready for this one? So Cincinnati has held its opponents to 20 or fewer points in each of its last three games, which is pretty crazy because their defense in the beginning of the season was awful. I mean, just awful defense. All of a sudden, their defense kind of shows up. Um, I don't know whether that's that their defense is improved or whether it's that their opponents know they're going to beat them no matter what happens. They don't have to score a ton of points to beat the Bengals. Um, you know, Burrow's done. We have no Burrow. You have the Cowboys 3-9 and nine against the Bengals 2-9-1. and one. The Cowboys, though, I'm going to throw one out there for you. You ready for this stupid saying of the week? They're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet. The Cowboys can still make the playoffs. Can you believe that? They have a 2% chance, according to the odds it, right now. It, this, is, this is an easy one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Oh, yeah. Dak Prescott, he's injured, too. So who do you say? Because I know who I'm picking. I say, I say play the under. <laughs> I like the under, but they you know what is it? What is it at? 43, 43 and a half? What is it sitting at? I mean, the under is there. It's a, it's a low under for a reason. Let me check what it's at as of. As of right now, we have. Hold on there, Charlie. 44 and a half. It actually went up a point. Uh, no, uh, let's see. That's how I would play this game. We're not playing yeah, at all. No way, dude. My play on this is go with the Cowboys. I think they get a win and they move closer to clinching the NFC East division that is rightfully theirs. <laughs> Give me the Cowboys. It's minus three and a half. I would have loved this if it was, you know, three or two and a half. But I just think, you know, the Bengals are, are mailing it in. And, uh, you know, this is where, where, where we finally see a Cowboys victory. And uh, we moved up to we, four we, and nine. One step closer we, to winning that division. We <laughs> rambled on a little bit, guys, here. But uh, that's how these Sunday episodes are. We have fun with them. We enjoy them. There's banter. We talk a little bit about some record sales and sports card world. Uh, and give you guys our place. So we love you. Good luck. And we'll see you tomorrow. Listen, and a couple things. We still have a, a giveaway. If you stay to City to, to, yes, we still have a giveaway going on. Andrew's giving away a Kobe PSA 10. I still need your comments on the movies he should watch. He has a list of like 150 movies, the Mount Rushmore movies. And stay did you tuned see for my some... comment? Yes, I did. I did. Um, and you can't just watch Mean Girls four times. We have to give you other movies to watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy sunday guys this is a fun fun day uh some good matchups on the on the nfl slate and we'll be back soon and let's look we're gonna get an nba nba matchup nba uh, preview coming at you soon so stay yes, tuned for going. that one talk to you guys soon bye luca nation thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the lucas tigers and bronze oh my podcast um do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.